bit like uh, a bit like in sport you know you need to get your basics right you know your skill set and so on right and your fitness levels well from a farming point of view and water quality point of view you need to get your basics right the regulations that have been there since 2006 it's basics slurry storage soil water storage uh close period buffer margins watching the weather forecast when you're spreading slurries growth rates all those basic things are the real key to improving water quality and um, we need better application of those across the country Deirdre great to be back with another podcast and welcome back everyone with 50 million euros being put on the table to support water quality actions farmers within targeted areas across Ireland will get an opportunity to avail of these supports Yes, Carl, it's great to chat to our colleagues, Maureen Whitty from the Local Authorities Water Programme and Project Lead for the Water EIP, and Noel Meehan, Chagask Manager of the ASAP Programme. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Deirdre Glenn. You're Chagask Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome back for another Environment Edge podcast number 71, bringing you lots of discussion and chats to help improve farm sustainability. Maureen and Noel, you're very welcome to the show. Maureen, there are a lot of EIPs going on nationally. Could you tell us or explain to us what is an EIP? Okay, yeah. So an EIP is a European Innovation Partnership. So essentially, the EIP funds projects that lets farmers, scientists and other experts work together to develop new practices that are environmentally friendly and economically sustainable. So the ultimate aim is uh, to road test new ideas and practices that can then be used more widely for farmers. Um, so that, that's what those EIPs are about. And that's what this EIP is about. So we're about to go into what's called a Waters EIP. So can you tell us, um, Raid, you know, what organisations are involved and how is it funded? So the three main partners are LawPro, the Local Authorities Waters Programme, Chagask and Dairy Industry Ireland. So we've gone together in a partnership and applied for the EIP. So the EIP specifically looks at uh, reducing losses to phosphorus, nitrogen, sediment and where relevant pesticides by promoting new practices, um, looking at the application of nature-based water, natural water retention measures and other measures on farms specific to the actual land holding and the pressures that are on it. Uh, The funding is coming from the EU. It's an EU partnership co-funded through the Department of Agriculture. So there's 50 million of funding which will go directly to farmers to install those measures on farms. And the Department of Housing has match funded that to the tune of 10 million for the admin side of the project. So that 50 million is ring fenced for grants for farmers to install these measures to improve water quality. That's very exciting, isn't it? Great news. Um, it is. It's good news. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so why was it introduced, Marais? What was the pressure behind it or the idea behind it? So, as you know, ASAP work with LawPro. Um, when LawPro do an assessment and agriculture is identified as a pressure in a particular area, um, they send a referral to ASAP. The ASAP advisor will then go out to the farmer and look at those pressures in the context of the farm Uh, while speaking to the farmer so it's a collaborative process and identify measures that then can be installed on that particular farm Um, but one thing that did come back from that process is that funding was an issue some farmers just they don't have the funds to do it Um, so that was identified as um, something that needed to be addressed to you know approve the success of the program and then this EIP was applied for on that basis that we would have grant in place when we've identified the right measure for the right place that we would have grant in place to fund the installation of that measure. So I suppose in summation, um, 
it's about, you know, water quality. Um, it's targeted at farmers where water quality is a pressure within a priority area for action. And us as advisors, we're ASAP advisors, so we're, we'll go out, we'll meet with the farmers and we'll identify actions, suitable actions on farms. And then, you know, you, you, you from there on then will pay X amount of money towards these additional actions. Yes, and it's it's important to note that there are supplementary actions above uh, the compliance measures that all the farmers have to do. There are supplementary actions. No, are are the the, the supplementary measures that Marie's mentioned are the gap regs not enough to sort water quality problems out? Why do we have to go beyond that? Yeah, I suppose um, the gap regs are are, are there since uh, two thousand and six, and are you know they've. They set out the uh, terms and conditions around farming uh, and and control of of nutrients and uh, I suppose it's, it's to protect waters really. Um, it's the good agricultural pra- practice regulations for the protection of waters, got their cause. So um, they're there, uh, but it's it's a one size fits all for the whole country. And um, what we have learned over a period of time is that um, you know other things need to be looked at in specific contexts so different soil types and different topographies and so on uh, that you need to go in and get um, down to the nitty-gritty and, and, and do very specific things and, and farm specific things to protect the water. Um, so while the regulations have certainly done their job uh, from the point of view of uh, putting in regulations around uh, you know, storage of slurry and and uh, farming manure and soil water and spreading periods and buffer zones and all that kind of thing. What we've found is is that in certain parts of the country, certain things, additional things are needed. So I suppose that's when Raid mentioned the supplementary measures, that's what we're talking about. So measures that go above and beyond what the regulations require. But these are um, voluntary measures and um, they haven't been regulated yet. Um, I suppose um, any farmer listening to this will know that in the last four to five years in particular, the regulations have, have gotten much more tighter and tighter and tighter. And that's because, uh, I suppose, water quality isn't uh, where we need it to be. It's pretty much uh, stagnated there in the last two or three years, um, you know, slightly disimproved, um, but we are not where we need to be from the from the good, our targets of WFD, uh, Water Framework Directive, which is good status for all waters. Uh, we're at about 54% of good status for uh, rivers, which is a long way short of where we need to be. So that's why initiatives like uh, the Water EIP, uh, initiatives like uh, ASA program have been brought in to go into farms in particular areas and see what's going on and give very specific and very targeted advice that will uh, uh, result in improvements of water quality. So that's the the EIP is a continuation of that because as Maria quite rightly pointed out, farmers uh, are generally very positive towards this, but at the same time, you know, some of the measures that's been asked cost money. Uh, they may reduce their productivity, um, and uh, you know, quite rightly, uh, the burden shouldn't all fall on the farmers' back. And uh, thankfully, both the Department of Agriculture and the Department of Housing have, uh, through the EIP, have come up with funding to help farmers to cover the costs of putting in measures that will hopefully reduce uh, impacts of nutrient losses from farms and improve water quality ultimately. Cahal and I, from working with farmers, there's a really big openness, isn't there, Cahal? for farmers to, you know, to try something different. Farmers are hungry for information and the farmers are the first people to tell you now that they know that there's an issue out there and they want they want to fix it. 
And, you know, Deirdre and I are probably like Noel, let's say, that some of the finest ass advisors ever find. find. <laughs> I can see Noel like, nodding in, in, in saying yes, sir, if you can't hear it. But um, like we go on to farms and, and we, we identify issues. The farmer wants to fix it, but sometimes it just goes beyond the budget. Um, and I suppose this is where this comes in. Like you'd often ask a farmer, like, you'd be trying to persuade to put something in, but like could. So most of the time it doesn't cost much, but the odd time it could cost, you know, ten, fifteen thousand, or maybe someone has put in additional storage or into big money. But I think for the littler, kind of smaller stuff that um, a farmer can't afford, these are the type of actions you're going to pay for. What are those type of actions, Zola? It can give us a flavour of what a farmer can draw down on, maybe. I suppose we 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 learned a phrase very early on, early on in our journey with ASAP, uh, the right measure in the right place. And um, that that's rings true with regards to what we spoke about a minute ago about um, why why the the gap breaks are there they're, and they're doing a very good job. We need to we need to go above and beyond and put the right measure in the right place in some, certain areas. And that's what this EIP is designed to do. So what kind of measures are we talking about? So I suppose the the first thing that we're going to do when we visit a farm is we're going to look at the farm in a in 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 a, in a full context and look at it from a, a rainwater management point of view. So where does water uh, when when it rains where does the water flow? So, you know, obviously you're going to have uh, down your neck of the woods, you have very free draining uh, ground down in Kilkenny, part of the world, uh, up where I am in Galway, uh, we have maybe heavier uh, soils, which means that the water travels in two different directions. So on the free draining soils, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's um, you know, water travels around through the soil profile and into the groundwater and into the rivers, whereas in my part of the world, it's overland flow. Soils get saturated and water moves across the surface. So... That's where the rainwater management plan comes in. It 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 it's, it basically uh, identifies on a farm how water moves through the farm, and that's different for everybody's farm. And once we know where the water is moving, is it over surface or through the ground <laughs> or wherever? Well, then we can start deciding what is the right measure to put in the right place. Um. So the rainwater management plan is is something that all farmers will will get uh, and and obviously will will get compensated for. Um. And then, you know, I'll just maybe look at the nitrogen side of it first. So, so there's obviously nitrogen, phosphorus, sediment and uh, pesticides would, would be the, pri- the prim- primary issues we have with regards to pressures on water quality. But from a nitrogen point of view, um, one of the, the key things we're asking farmers to do is to look at um, their nitrogen and how they use it and how efficiently can they manage it. So where you have surplus nitrogen system, um, you know, and it's not being used by a growing plant either in, in grassland plant or, or a tillage plant, that nitrogen then is, has the potential to be lost if you have heavy rainfall. Uh, so, you know, looking at, at nitrogen use efficiency and then the conversations around how you improve that uh, from a farmer point of view is one of the key uh, measures for nitrogen. And then on the tillage side of the house, it's also looking at cover and catch crops and, and, and things like that. Other things like multi-species swords, and um, that's that's there as well to help farmers to uh, you know diversify the swords and look to see can they improve uh, their their efficiencies. Um, I suppose then from a more phosphorus point of view or sediment point of view, you know, um, again it's about both the right measure in the right place, and you're looking at um, trying to block break the pathway. So if you have water moving over land, uh, it you know we have maps now the. The EP have generated these um, PIP uh, flow maps. So basically, they're maps that show where water will move over the surface of the ground and where it enters the drainage network. And it's that that pathway, those critical source areas, is what we call them. That's where we need to focus our our attention from an overland flow point of view. So you're looking at trying to break that pathway. So 
multiple things you can do. You can do riparian margins. You can uh, put in uh, little low earthen mounds. You can put in hedgerows and earthen mounds. You can put in uh, ponds and swales and, and you know, even in the drainage, the, the, the field drains now, and obviously not the, the water course, but even in the field drains, you can do various bits of engineering, light engineering works like putting in chambers or bundage structures or, or sediment traps and things like that. So the whole point is, is that you're trying to um, take out the, the phosphorus, take out the, the sediment, and, you know, once the water flows through, that's that kind of a filter system or whatever it is uh, that the farmer wants to put in. Well, then you have a less, less, uh, less of a contamination in the water and uh, a better water outcome as a result. So th that's just a very broad gist. Um, obviously, then there's other things around, you know, exclusion of livestock uh, from from uh, waters, uh, from drain from water courses. Not everybody has to do that. Um, obviously, derogation farmers have to have that done, but non-derogation farmers don't. So, you know, um, that's that's a, quite an expensive one. And, and the biggest problem really with that is, is that while, you know, farmers might be happy to fence off a water course, it's having an alternative drinking supply is the key thing here. You know, um, Kyle, I, I know you and Deirdre both have, have farmers that would be gladly do that, but they've no alternative drinking supply. So, you know, we have uh, that looked at um, from the point of view of providing pasture pumps or solar pumps and drinking uh, and drinking troughs as well. So that farmers uh, can close off those those water courses and, and, and have livestock there that they can uh, water uh, and so on. So look, that's just a very quick flavour of what we're looking at. Um, Cahill, but you know, Noel, would you be paying per unit? So, say for example, if I wanted the Paris down in Kilkenny, if I wanted to put in some drinking points down there, solar mm -hmm. or nose pumps, do you pay per unit or is it a percentage of it? How does the funding work? Yeah, so look at it. I suppose what we're trying to do here is, is you know, if we were asking a farmer to put in something that um, is voluntary. You know, we're, we're trying to allay the cost of the farmer. You know, it, you know, if the farmer is doing something above and beyond what's required. So look, we're, we're trying to make sure that the farmer is out of pocket on this one. So look at if if a farmer needs to fence off, you know, we cover the cost of the fencing. If a farmer needs to put in um, uh, of a water course, if a farmer needs to put in a pasture pump or a solar pump, we will cover the cost of that as well. But there'll be a limit on how many of those we do because, you know, obviously uh, solar pumps are, are quite expensive pieces of kit and they can serve as quite large areas. So, you know, certainly we'd be happy to provide them to, to a farmer. Uh, but in some situations, um, you know, it depends on, on, on the land breakup of, of a particular stream. We may ask farmers to share one, you know, uh, well, because, you know, you could have you could have a, on a half mile stretch, you could have five or eight farmers all feeding out of it. And you, you can, we couldn't afford to be putting five or eight solar pumps. So, you know, if we can uh, work on a kind of a collaborative or, or, or um, community kind of based system where uh, we could share one, I think that's what we'd be trying to do as well. But look, we work very closely with farmers. We want to help them. We want this to work for water quality and we want to, you know, um, do the best that we can for the farmer and for the for the for the scheme or for the project. And, uh, you know, we're, we haven't gotten into it yet, but I think we, we'll be we'll be looking to see how it goes and hopefully it'll go well for us, you know. You can give me that money, Noel, and I'll get it spent very quickly in Kilkenny. Um, <laughs> uh, Noel, is it PAA access? So for anyone that doesn't know, that's a priority area for action. Um, or is the funding going to be delved out nationally? I, I suppose I'll go back to the, the phrase I, I, may, I, I said earlier on, the, the right measure in the right place. So what we... what. The whole point of, of, of ASAP was that, and, and, and working with LawPro, is that um, 
we would become very focused and very targeted and we were we were doing our work so the first thing is is that um you know from from a pa point of view all these pas are areas where uh, water quality at risk and uh, law program to, to do their bit of work and and their research and their and their uh, examinations and to find that uh, certain areas of a, of a water body are more impacted than others so you're focusing in on where the real real problems are so we are going to follow that template we need to make sure that like while 50 million is a lot of money the biggest uh, eip ever funded in the state um it still needs to be spent very, very carefully and make sure that any money that we spend towards water quality measures will result in a water quality, a positive water quality outcome. So we have to be very targeted. So what we're doing is we have a, a tiered level of access to um, to the EIP. And there's four tiers. And the first tier of access is for farmers that have already had uh, or will have in the future an ASAP assessment uh, carried out by an ASAP advisor. And, and the reason why that is, is because we know that where the ASAP advisors are going are, are very much directed uh, by referrals from Law Pro. So we know that those areas are uh, impacted and that measures going in there will have a, an imp have a positive impact on water quality. So it's very targeted. The second areas in are, are where um, we're looking to restore water quality. So in, 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 in other areas outside of the PAs and outside of where ASAP are working. So people like, you know, um, Rivers Trust, um, you know, the National Federation of Group Water Schemes have, have uh, source protection areas. Those kind of um, uh, water quality initiatives where we have a bit of science, uh, we have a bit of information and we know that such as um, phosphorus or sediment is a problem with this catchment. And if we get some riparian margins and some fencing off of water courses in this particular, particular area, we would have a positive water quality outcome. So that's the second tier that we're looking at. That will bring water quality back up. The third tier is 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 similar for a water, uh, a water quality initiative that's out there uh, from a federation group water schemes or from a local authority or from uh, a rivers trust, but that we were we are uh, protecting water quality. Uh, so what that means is that water quality is already at a good status and the measures are there just to maintain that and retain it. Um, so that's that's the third tier. And the final tier then is any other farmers outside of that. Uh, so, you know, um, the likelihood of getting down to the fourth tier, I'd say is probably slim. I would expect that we would have a big uptake or a uh, big uptake from the asset farmers and from the um, the the farmers that would fall under the uh, water quality initiatives with the rivers trusts and so on and and so on down along so look we see how it goes but but we're hopeful that we'll get a, a very good response from farmers like you know it's, it's great to have this uh, available to farmers you know they've been looking for it um you know they've had good working relationship with the asset advisors and now we have a few pounds to come back to them so look at hopefully we'll get a good uptake so do you have a kind of a ballpark on how much would be going towards each farm? And I know like this is not um, a money-making scheme for farmers. So it's an asset advisor comes up with a plan and you pick an option and you advise that to the farmer. What kind of money could the asset advisor expect to be able to, I suppose, use on that farm? Yeah, so look at, I mean, you 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 made a very good, important point there, Carl. Um, this is, this EIP is direct to directly provide uh, money to farmers to cover the costs of putting in measures to benefit water quality. Um, you know, you had your rep scheme and your glass scheme and, and all these other things which were 
you know, while while there are environmental schemes, they also are an income supplementation scheme. We don't have the money for that. You know, any money that we have, it really needs to go to measures that are going to improve water quality. So that's going to be very, very focused. Um, it, you know, farmers, you know, if they, if they think they're going to make money out of this, you know, I, I'm sorry, you're going to be disappointed. It's, it's, it's not it's not what we're set up to do. Um, we have 10 million a year for five years. And, you know, we did our sums as best we could uh, at, at the at the outset and we, outset and we were looking at maybe you know getting around three thousand three and a half thousand farmers in per year and uh, so that's looking at maybe around three again three three and a half thousand euro per farm for that uh, so like you know it depends on what you put in I mean solar power drinkers you know could 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 take up a lot of that money on on, on you know very quickly. Um, other things then, like small repairing margins, you know, uh, while they're very effective, uh, um, you know, the, the cost of putting those in may not be that that big. So it's it swings and rounds about us. But like, I mean, the, the important thing is, is that we, we budgeted for around three, three and a half thousand. But look, at if, if, if it's higher than that, if, if the measures are needed and if the measures are going to do something and it goes up to four or five, six, whatever it is, that's OK. Um, likewise, it might only be five or six hundred euro a farmer again, but it could be a very key measure that goes in that will deliver. So, you know, you shouldn't equate the value to the impact on water quality. The value is 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 just to compensate. The impact on water quality is really what we want here. Have you factored in, say, group initiatives and that kind of things like farmers getting together or groups um, with water um, related ideas getting together in the community? Um would they yeah. be financed as well if they come up with an initiative? Yeah, like I suppose, I suppose I, I mentioned earlier on about maybe grouping for for the likes of a, of a solar power drink. Solar power, where, yeah. where but I think we we have we have we have a list here, and um, what we learned from talking to other EIPs and and people who have done this, you know, you need to leave a little bit of room for uh, local farm farmer innovation or in, in ideas. Like, you know, farmers are very resourceful and they will come up with things that we would never think of, you know, that would suit their certain set of circumstances. And I suppose what I'd say, you know, we, we call them bespoke measures. And what I'd say is, is where a farmer has a solution that falls outside our list um, and the solution works and it's costed and it makes sense. Uh, we would absolutely look at that on a case by case basis and if it's going to work, if we feel it's going to work and it's justified yeah we we will we will work with the farmer to get that implemented Noel, we've seen improvements in water quality in a lot of the PAAs that say Cahill and I and our colleagues have been working in over the past few years what benefit do you think will this EIP bring to water quality go back to to uh, you know the overall water quality in the country we know we're not meeting our targets and we know that while the regulations that are there have have uh, been effective up to a point we need to go above and beyond that to realize water quality improvements all right um and we have worked very closely with the epa and with law pro and 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 uh, other organizations like that to come up with a a, a method and a way of you know identifying the right measure in the right place. I know I'm using that phrase again, but that's really what it is. And um, the EIP is there to help get nudge things over the line. So while we have gotten very good interaction with uh, farmers, and and you know farmers have, have been very open to it, 
Um, we are we do need to see a higher level of implementation, and unfortunately, the implementation needs needs a little bit of a push along. Um, we feel that you know we were making the case for the EIP. That was that was one of the key reasons. You know, farmers needed that little bit of help to put these measures in because financially it, it was it was a burden on them. Um, so from that point of view, I think this sh will give that little bit of a nudge now to get some of those measures in that heretofore haven't gone in, gone in. And like I know from talking to, to, to advisors, you know, for example, if you have an EPA monitoring point, um, which samples, if that monitoring point isn't meeting the, uh, the standards, well, then the whole water body is out. But oftentimes what you have is upstream a field or two, you could have uh, cattle accessing a drinking point, but it might be the only field that that farmer has that farmer may not have an alternative drinking supply. There may be no electricity. There may be no uh, piped water. So, you know, they can't fence off that water, water course. Otherwise, there's no water for the livestock. So the water body or the EPA monitoring point is continuing to be impacted. This is where the EAP comes in. You know, you, you should see very quickly in a number of those around the country, and, and I know most advisors have a, have a couple of these, um, very quickly turning around because, you know, we have money now, farmer can fence it off, get a drink and get a nose pump, get a soda pump in, and we should see a very quick turnaround of those. So hopefully, and we're, we're optimistic that we will see improvements. Right. Um, this is a big project. Like Noel said, it's one of the biggest, it is the biggest EIP that the country's ever seen. Um, like I'm sure if I'm a farmer at home and we have many listeners that are farmers that are looking at this thinking, right, we have advisors on the ground to help us, both Co-op and Chagas, uh, now we have money to support those advisors. Who do they contact or how do they join or what's the process? Yeah, so as Noel mentioned earlier, we have a tiered system of access to the scheme. Um, while the figures sound very high, a load of money, um, it won't go far if it, if it's unless it's targeted. And that right measure in the right place is, is hugely important. So the the entry of the scheme will initially come from us so the assessment will be done uh, the area will be identified the pressures that are in the area and then it will go through the ASAP advisors so the farmers will be approached by ASAP advisors a lot of them will know already that they qualify for it because this has been coming down the line and they have their ASAP advisors um, and maybe the voluntary measures that were identified just weren't financially viable for them at the time. So this will give them the opportunity to, to, to put those measures in and to contribute to that. So they will be contacted by the ASAP advisors. So it's not actually, it's not an open call. Um, so it, it will come through the, the ASAP scheme. And I'll put my farmer hat on now. Um, with all schemes comes complications. Are, is there going to be much paperwork to it or, or how easy it is how accessible will it be for the farmer i suppose to draw draw the yeah. money down after the, the job is done that's something that has been kind of to the fore for us um on this side of the table um we we know like the paperwork burden nobody likes the paperwork burden and particularly you know if if the burden outweighs the entry to the scheme it's going to turn people off so we're we're working on that to make sure that um we minimize that as much as possible we're developing an app that can be used by the advisors on the farm with the farmer, um, whereby the bulk of the work is done during the visit and then the work that's required outside the visit will be done by the advisor. So we're really trying to minimise uh, the additional work or the paperwork burden from the farmers who want to apply to the scheme. 
I suppose the the big thing as well, I'm assuming um, like the double payments are a problem. Like obviously yes. if you're going to pay for something and someone else claiming for the same thing on acres or whatever other scheme, that's probably not a runner, I'm presuming. No, that's not a runner. And that's something that internally we'll just have to do some validation checks where that arises. We we can't double fund. Yeah. Leaders. And um, I, like I suppose there's, there's a lot of farmers should know about this and maybe a lot that don't know. What's your plans going forward to publicize it or how how do you to plan to get it out there to to the people involved? Yeah, well, there's going to be a national launch of the scheme um at a date in the future. Um, but it it will be it'll be publicized as part of a bigger water quality campaign. Um there's an awful lot of attention coming towards water quality at the moment, an awful lot of different organizations, and we're just gonna to have to work on a coordinated approach to get that out there, get the water quality message in general out there and the water EIP as part of the solution to the deteriorating water quality and the things that can be done to improve water quality. Um, separate to that, then, we are working with various different dairy co-ops in terms of um, giving information to their suppliers, um, things like that. So it'll be across a number of different forums. We haven't we haven't publicised it widely yet because we are just starting to implement the scheme. But uh, we'll have a communications plan developed shortly, which will touch on all those different events. Just contact your local friendly ASP advisor. Yeah, yeah. For details. God. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, there first up. Okay, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, no, look, uh, it's exciting. And to be honest, I'd say you couldn't have timed it any better. And just to let you finish up, do you have any final messages to to send out to the to our listeners? Yeah, I, I suppose just, just maybe a, a more general kind of comment on it. And and Ray had mentioned about um, a more general uh, water quality campaign. I think there is a, a growing sense around across the departments, across the regulators, across chalgas, across co-ops, across farm orgs that we do need to all knuckle down and work together to try and and uh, get water quality going in the right direction. And I suppose um, maybe just, just to temper a little bit as well, like while the water EIP is, is, is fantastic to have, and you know, I've no doubt that we will see water quality improvements at the back of it, um, it's not going to solve the whole country. It's too small, you know, it's not going to do that. And I suppose for the people that are listening, the farmers are listening, um, just, just to remind people like, you know, um, you know, it's a bit like a, a bit like in sport. You know, you need to get your basics right. You know, your skill set and so on right, and your fitness levels. Well, from a farming point of view and water quality point of view, you need to get your basics right. The regulations that have been there since two thousand six, it's basics: slurry storage, soil water storage, uh, closed period, buffer margins, uh, watching the weather forecast when you're spreading slurries, growth rates. All those basic things are the real key to improving water quality. Um, we need better application of those across the country. And then where we have very specific problems, where we have issues uh, that ASAP can deal with, well, then that's where ASAP and DIP come in. So look, just, just to remind everybody out there, you know, get the basics right in your farm and ASAP EIP will, 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 will work to get the, the rest of it done.
No, look, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Um, as I said, it's the right time now as well because there's a lot of a sense of urgency out there. As far as I can see on farms with the 250 maps going to 220s for derogation farmers. And like Noel, you always say, the problem is not just in the, the south and the east side of the country. There's problems on the other side where there's no derogations as well. So I think it's really the public and on the farms are starting to see that we're, it's, we'll put our shoulder to wheel and do this so I think this is going to be a huge step towards it and like you said we can't hit the whole country but at least we can put a good template and if someone looks over the ditch they might see a nice idea and think it might implement it on their farm as well so just like to wish you both the very best of luck with the IP going forward it's over the next four years isn't it? Yeah to the end of 2027 and ourselves yep. Carl and ourselves yeah we'll be on the farms with, with lots of farmers and our colleagues as well from the Chagas and also the, the, the dairy corps as well so there'll be lots of work going ahead in the next few years uh, lots of new stuff on farms and hopefully in four years time we'll see a big improvement uh, from the farmer's side anyway so thank you very much thanks, thanks very much Carl thanks so there you have it plenty to look forward to thanks to Marie Twee from the local authorities water program and project lead for the water EIP and Noel Meehan Chagas manager of the ASA program Myself and Deirdre will be back in two weeks' time, but do give us a review on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Environment Edge podcast.